Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Well, hello, everybody. This is Michael Jans, and I want to welcome you to this episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast presented by Agency Revolution, the masterminds behind Fuse, the innovative marketing software that helps you increase your client retention, increase your policy per customer account, and perhaps most importantly, make it easy for your clients to love your agency. If that sounds too good to be true, don't just take my word for it. Head to agencyrevolution.com and get a demo and see for yourself. Now, this conversation today with my guest is a little bit different for me um, in that the company that I founded and then sold has purchased um, a really fairly significant player in the insurance industry, Forge3, the leading website developer for independent insurance agents. I interview co-founder and CEO, Jeff Teschke, um, and he reflects back on really critical lessons that he has learned that he wants to share with the independent agents, um, lessons that he's learned from serving and working with agents for over 18 years. So um, I'm going to let Jeff speak for himself. Before I bring you into the podcast, a couple of things. Number one, as always, If we've delivered value to you, if you'd be kind enough to give us a five-star review. And then secondly, I want to share some uh, changes in my own offering that might be of of interest to those of you who are really serious about growth. And I'm just going to cover a few things very quickly. Uh, One thing that I've discovered as uh, I have guided agencies to the next level over the last 25 years is that sometimes it's... um, in the agency's best interest just to get something done as opposed to perhaps learning how to do it, uh, trial and error, making mistakes, um, and maybe not getting quite the results that they want. So uh, I'm offering to deliver certain services to agencies that I've delivered for myself for a long time. So if these four things are of interest to you or any one of them, reach out to me on LinkedIn, Michael Jans, I'm easy to find, um, and we can talk about it. Number one, lead generation for commercial lines niches using the power of contemporary marketing. Two, if like so many agencies today, if you're curious about how to hire a marketer, you want to hire a marketer and you want to do it right, I can guide you through that process so you don't make some of the very common mistakes that I've seen, unfortunately, where the best intentions turn out to be kind of somebody's worst nightmare and they need to start all over again. Uh, Number three, if you want a customized revenue plan for your agency, would love to help you walk through the um, discrete steps to um, accelerate the pace of growth in your agency. And finally, number four, if you really want to become a powerhouse marketer with high quality content, I have a process that delivers content of all kinds, blogs, video scripts, podcast outlines, email marketing campaigns, uh, social media posts, and so, and and I do this in a manner that really 
uh, is highly personalized and customized to, to you and your agency's voice, your unique selling proposition, uh, the makeup of your marketplace. So f- please feel free to reach out to me, Michael Jans, on LinkedIn or Michael at MichaelJans.com. So now, without further ado, uh, it's my privilege to introduce you to this conversation, this podcast with my friend, the former CEO of Forge 3, Jeff Teschke. Thanks for joining us. How are you? You got him. I'm good to be here. How are you? Uh, good. Very good. Thank you. Um, as you know, as, as you and I have discussed, a lot going on in uh, the Michael Jans world and life right now, but we'll set most of that aside. So <laughs> I've been looking forward to this conversation, Jeff, um, in, in for a number of reasons, not the least of which is you and I share a, a similar part of our story, a, a, certainly a similar narrative. Uh, we... Uh, well, <laughs> we, we, we kind of both sold our companies to the same company. Technically, you sold yours to Agency Revolution, and I sold mine to the company that owns Agency Revolution. That's right. There's a similarity. That's some, for sure. Some similarities there. Um, so I, I, I want to, um, during this conversation, I, I want to take a little bit of time to a- ask you to reflect back on your journey in the insurance industry um, and um, also having spent as much time as you have in it delivering um, a product that, by the way, has a very good reputation uh, from a company that has a very good reputation. Um, Want to get your perspective on where you see this industry going and what the trends and forces are. But let, let's start with a, um, a who are you? question. And the question is, who are you? <laughs> how did you get to be? Yeah, who am I? How did you, how did you, uh, yeah, get to be, um, you know, a, a leading vendor creator of, uh, websites for independent insurance agents? Where did sure, that that's, a, that's such a simple question that I used to know the answer to, but uh, <laughs> these days I'm not sure who I am anymore. I'm definitely going through a transition. Um, that's for sure. But yeah, I mean, my, I started my career in the insurance industry. My dad worked at Chubb his entire career. Um, he started as an underwriter in Pittsburgh and um, worked his way up the ranks and uh, ran a big agency called Personalized Insurance Brokerage, which was a wholly owned subsidiary of Chubb. Uh-huh. And um, I kind of saw that growing up. And I was in high school and into, into college. Um, I worked part-time for Chubb while I was going to school. Um, that put me uh, in a position where I could actually take flying lessons and get my pilot's license. So that was kind of cool. And uh, when I graduated in 2000, um, I went to work for Chubb as a webmaster for the agency my dad was running. And uh, this is early days. This is 2000, something like that. And um, so I always had the perspective of being in the insurance industry. Um, worked there for a number of years. That agency was sold to Hub International. Uh, my dad retired, quote unquote, at 55, although I would argue he's still not retired uh-huh. even today. Right. Uh, he's the president of the board of the country club. And, you know, he's always very active with all that stuff. Um, I worked at a small software company for a while as director of product management, um, created the world's first mobile scavenger hunt game, played with cell phone cameras. Oh, that's right. Let, let's just um, take a moment and talk about fun. the world's first scavenger hunt game. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, and the, that came to be because my wife actually got a camera uh, or a phone that had a camera on it. Now, back then, this is before iPhones and everything. That was a novel concept. 
And um, she said, what the heck am I going to use this, this uh, camera for on my phone? And I said, you know, it'd be fun if we could play a game with it. And that's essentially where iSpot, I-S-P-O-T-T, uh, came from. And what was kind of cool about it is I put it out there, and two weeks later, Microsoft discovered it and called. And uh, they ended wow, up that using was fast. it. Nice <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, that was a great thing in the moment, Michael, but that was actually a really interesting lesson that I had to learn in a really difficult way over the years after that. Because uh, my assumption was all you had to do was build something cool and different and just throw it out there on the internet somehow and just wait for all this great business to come to you. And you had to wait because that's exactly weeks. what Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was yeah. fun. We ran a big campaign with Microsoft and Sprite. Uh, it was a global marketing campaign on the platform. A lot of fun stories uh, about that. But along the, the, the entire time, I was still working with insurance agencies and, and, and just friends and co former colleagues from Chubb that broke off to do their own thing. And I was always doing a lot in the insurance industry. And eventually in 2004, that's when Forge 3 was created. Um, and then, you know, from there, it kind of became more of a specialty, et cetera, et cetera. But those are the early days of kind of where I, where I came from. And, and as I understand it, Jeff, Forge 3 was building websites for anybody who needed one. Early days, yeah. It was a way for me to just figure out a way to make a living, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, I was on unemployment. Uh, like I was downsized and I didn't know what I was doing. And, ah. uh, and uh, it was just a way for me to help some of my friends and colleagues, former colleagues. But it was very general. It, for the first, I don't know, 10 years of the company's existence, you would look back and say it was a pretty generalized company. There were, there were a lot of kind of home run attempts in there. Um, you know, iSpot was one of them. There was a platform called Safe Stacks, which was a secure portal to save sensitive information. Uh, we did some IT services work. Yeah. Um, we tried to bring back iSpot <laughs> once the iPhone came out. So there were a lot of kind of starts and stops in there for just trying to figure stuff out before we officially really niched down in the insurance industry um, and launched Active Agency, which was the website platform that we created uh, in 2016. Got it. All right. And then you sold it. And that was uh, just, you could almost measure it in weeks. It's was you sold it this fall, right? Last it was fall. July. Yep. July oh, of July. 20, okay. 2022. Yep. And uh, so since then, what's life been like since then? Uh, it's been different. That's for sure. You know, initially it's, there's a lot of, as you know, uh, there's a lot of activity leading up to a sale or an acquisition. Um, so, you know, super busy and, and whatnot and trying to make the transition as seamless as possible. Uh, so really been focused on that. Um, going forward, you know, I'm not sure. I'm still in the transition. And I've talked with friends and uh, former business associates and whatnot that have been through the process. And they, they all say the same thing, which is it takes some time to get used to the new normal. Um, you know, I'm incredibly fortunate to be in the position that I'm in, um, worked hard, had a ton of really great people surrounding me and had a lot of luck and, and all of that along the way. But, you know, as far as what's next, I get that question a lot. I'm not sure. I like business a lot. I mm -hmm. can't stay away from it. It's like a game to me. It's like a hobby. I just enjoy the heck out of it. So 
Um, they'll be, I'll, I'll get my hands dirty pretty soon. I'm already in <laughs> some, some conversations around being on boards and, and whatnot to help other people. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about independent insurance agents. Let's do it. Yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll, let's start this way. Um, you saw, uh, yeah, cause you ran that in, in the industry for over a decade. Right. I mean, it sounds like the company was maybe 18 years old or something like that, but serving the independent insurance agency, you did that for how long? Yeah, you can really say since uh, late 90s. I mean, when I was working at Chubb, I'm obviously in that world. And ever since then, I've always been part of that world. So if I can, I'll just ask you to reflect on on this sector. What what do you what what are your um, what insights or observations do you have about the performance of independent agencies and the direction that it's going? Yeah, good question. Um, I learned a lot watching my dad run the agency. Mm-hmm. Um, Chubb bought the agency again. It was called PLI, Personalized Insurance Brokerage. And it was struggling. And um, my dad kind of came in and it was about 300 employees across 30 field off. It was a decent sized operation, just personal lines. Right. And a lot of the things that I, I saw them do still work incredibly well today. And um, if, for example, like niching down, um, I've seen a lot of agencies, you know, with Forge 3, we had thousands of agencies that we would interface with and clients and, and whatnot, right, over the years. And you start to see what makes certain agencies more successful than other ones. And one of those things, there are multiple things, but one of them is niching down. Um, so if you're just focusing on working really well with referral partnerships with mortgage brokers, for example, uh, like that can be all the fuel the agency needs to grow to levels that are well beyond what most other agencies are going to achieve. Something that quote unquote simple. Um, that's what my dad did. I remember um, they had a deal with BMW where you bought a BMW and there would be a little trifold at, at that point back in the day that said, by the way, here's insurance called PLI. And those types of partnerships and niching down and understanding where your audience is, I think is really valuable. Now, of course, these days it's different. The audience is in different places. The attention that we give is going to different platforms and different channels. Um, it's just a different world now, but the concepts I think are very similar to what they were back then. Let's talk about niches for a minute. Uh, um, I like to uh, I, li- I like to have this conversation be practical for listeners uh, while we're also discussing um, strategic trends and forces. Uh, but this concept of niching. Um, is, is something that I've been a fan of, an advocate of for 20 plus years in providing advice to agents on organic growth. Um, and, and I always like it when I, you know, it's, it's always interesting to me when I encounter somebody who has sort of broad perspective like you do, because, you know, you worked with thousands of agencies one way or another, as mm-hmm. I have. And I would, I would clearly just flat out totally agree with what you just said. And I don't know that I asked the question, what makes an agency more successful than other agencies? But you got right into that. One of my favorite questions. And, and the first thing you said was niching down. What is it about, uh, what are your observations 
about niche agencies that that allows them to gain market traction. And and, it's, and it's, what do you think it is that makes some agencies resist a niche focus? So for the early days, like we were talking about with Forge 3, right, my company, so it was started in 2004 and uh, sold in 2022, right? So there was a big period of time. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we niched down very purposely, very specifically, and had a platform and a product within the insurance industry, in our case, that was our, that was our niche, right? It was, we, right. we did the insurance industry. Um, things took off. You can see the chart on the forge3.com website. Right, right. Still, right. You shared that with me. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think it's because the reason for that is because you know how to talk, you know what to do, you know which conferences to go to, you know which people are going to be valuable to you and where you can provide the most value. Um, everything that you do as a team, as a company, is now relevant to a very specific person or persons, right? Or whatever the niches are. Whereas when you're general, like we were general early days, you're just basically saying, well, we sell all kinds of insurance. In our case, we sell all kinds of insurance or all all kinds of websites. Well, like, who are you talking to? There's so many other competitors out there building websites for this niche, that niche, the other niche, just like there are more and more insurance agencies serving certain niches. It's hard to compete when you're a generalist especially competing against someone that's niched down and focused very specifically um, within an industry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so besides niching, so presumably because, you know, you had clients uh, all over, was it the United States only? Mostly the U.S. We had some in Canada, yeah. um, some overseas. Okay. Uh, Kenya. We had a, a client in Kenya. Okay. So you had, cl- you had clients all over. Um, and, uh, I, I know you had clients that were with you for years and you probably saw some, uh, that, that really grew, you know, that caught your attention, um, besides being niche players. And, and I'm sure, you know, we could do a, we could do a multi-day workshop on niche marketing, but besides the niche players, um, what, what other uh, behaviors or disciplines or practices did you see really successful agents deploy to their benefit? Um, so I think there was um, some of them uh, went out and find agencies that did not have a succession plan and bought them and kind of expanded through acquisition. I've uh-huh. seen a number of those happen. Um, I think, though, the the um, more often than not, it, the agents, and this is probably not unique to the insurance industry, but um, companies, insurance agencies that focused on the experience that they're delivering always seem to be the ones that excelled. Um, and the experience is a broad term, but it's just every little thing you know, equals whatever the experience is that you're delivering to a prospect or a client. And the, the agencies that took that seriously and understood the value of it and were relevant today, not relevant five years ago, but relevant today. Now, a lot of that means embracing tools and technology and and just a different way of working than what we did five, 10 years ago. Those are the ones that excelled because that's what the market is asking for. Um, And in the agencies that have been around for a long time, some of them, one of the beauty, beautiful things about insurance is that you can build a book of business Mm -hmm. and you can live off the book for a very long time. 
And that's a blessing and a curse. The curse of that, of course, is that you can become kind of stagnant. I call it success complacency, right? where you become successful, but you just don't have to really do much anymore because you're successful enough where you don't have to worry about embracing some of the new stuff. But the agencies that did are the ones that uh, ended up growing much faster than the others. Um, that experience, it, it does it clearly seems to be a strategic advantage today. And I wonder if today's marketplace has has higher demands, certainly than like 20 years ago on uh, on their insurance provider uh, than ever before. Um, that they've been trained by other industries how, we, how, how a company can take care of you and nurture you and be in touch with you and sell things that are of value to you. Um, and it would seem that now more than ever, that's, that is clearly a strategic advantage. And it's, it's not easy, I think. I, th I think to an entrepreneur um, and those of us who are entrepreneurs, you know, it's, it's very easy to focus on um, our operations and our sales and, you know, our team. And to really understand experience, we kind of need to do a little bit of a 180 and look at our, our team and our operation and our sales from the outside in, not just from the inside out. Um, and it, it seems that that's, um, you know, that the, that the bar for doing that is much higher than it used to be. It is. Yeah, absolutely. And we're not competing just with other insurance agencies. We're, we're competing with the, the world is different. It's globally, it's a different place right. than it used to be. Things operate differently now. Um, if you can have an Amazon drone deliver your box of tissues when you need more tissues, before it's a different the next world. sneeze, right? <laughs> right. It's a different, it's just a different world that we're living in. Mm -hmm. um, and that's going to continue to be different. You can look at AI and chat GPT and all these things, you know, that are kind of the, the buzzwords in the industries now, but uh, it's going to continue to go in that direction. And um, one of the things I think I'm most proud of at Forge 3 is the reputation that we had. And it was all really focused on the experience that we were delivering. And so like, what's a real life example of that? If you think about a prospect, um, if they're going to be Googling what you do. So a lot of the folks listening to this, it's going to be insurance in a certain hometown or whatever, right? Well, do you show up there? And I'm not just talking about SEO kind of stuff. I'm talking about like, do you have reviews? Are other people saying that you're doing great work? Like that means a lot. You're not going to buy, I'm not going to buy tissues on amazon.com that have a 1.3 star rating. It doesn't happen. That's what people are doing. And then when they get to the website, or is there live chat? You know, those types of things. Is it easy for people to get in touch? Um, when they get in touch, are you actually getting back to them? The bar is so incredibly low. It's so frustrating that I feel like half the time I'm just following up with companies that don't follow through mm -hmm. um, and deliver on what you're expecting them to deliver. Uh, you know, if like if you have process and workflows and tools and systems to get back to people and proactively think ahead of where they're, where they're going to be going next and, you know, addressing their questions ahead of time, reaching out before the renewal happens, you know, like it's, there's so many little things that add up to the, to the experience part of it. Um, but that's, I think where a lot of the secret sauce lives for a lot of people. Ultimately, that's what it is. That's what, at the end of the day, it's just, we're delivering an experience, 
um, for folks. Mm -hmm. And uh, in in the case of this industry, where the experience is, how can you make sure that they're protected? And um, and it's and, not just and, policy, and presumably because it's it. experience that they feel it and they know it. Yeah, they feel comfortable with it. Like the trust factor, being likable and being human, and uh, you know, there's there's so much power in tools and technologies and automation and all of that stuff. But we have to be careful that we also don't lose the humanity of it because the humanity is what really ties people to businesses long term. And um, I think that's another really important factor on being successful these days. Uh, There has to be a a warm, comforting, like, okay, I trust you. You know, I trust that what you're that this makes sense, that what you're saying makes sense and I might not understand every little detail in this accord form or whatever I'm looking at, but I understand that you do. And I trust that, um, and, uh, continue to foster that trust. Don't you think, yeah, don't, don't you think that that's, um, uh, uh, especially important in the insurance industry where you've got a couple of factors. One, um, it's a complicated, confusing product, right? Most people don't really understand uh, the insurance industry that well. And two, it's an intangible, so they don't get to unwrap it and, you know, whatever, drive it or drink out of it or yeah. eat it or anything like that. Right. That it's, it's the, it's the colorless odorless product. Um, yeah. and, and so to a large extent, um, you know, in the independent agency sector, certainly the people are, uh, you know, one of the strengths of our channel. And so uh, it would seem that, I mean, I've always argued pretty strongly that you should use your technology to amplify your humanity, not to conceal the humanity of the business. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the secret weapon. Um, it's insurance can become a commodity pretty quickly. Um, but what's hard to commoditize is the relationship part. And, um, this isn't, I don't think just an old fashioned way of looking at things. I think it's just the way that we are as people. It's all, business is always about people. It's all about, always about relationships and reputation and all of that. Um, and it's one of the secret sauces. And I think there's a lot of benefits, like I said, with technology and websites and automation and, um, you know, text messaging and, and it just, there's a lot of different pieces that can facilitate that, but it's not a, it's not a replacement for human. Um, you know, it augments, it's a superpower, yeah. I would say. Well, you know? some, some technologies can amplify your humanity, like your websites, for example. I mean, conceivably, um, you, you know, like old school, somebody could try to engage an insurance agency and never see a face, uh, you know, never really hear a story, understand the narrative, understand the values. Now somebody can jump on a website and get a really strong sense of who the people are that represent that agency and a little bit about them. In fact, I recall back, back when I had a company that sold websites, Agency Revolution it was a secondary product, but you know, to, 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 it was something we added on largely for our existing marketing automation platform customers. What we one of the things that we noticed was after the homepage, 
the team page was the most visited page of all mm-hmm. statistically. Always. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, you'd be, you know, some people might think, oh gosh, yeah, I got on the home page, and now, you know, I'm going to go dig into insurance and products and my protection. No, the first place I'm going to go is like, who are these people? And can I connect with them? And, you know, is there some sense of trust? So, yeah, the About Us page is another one. What's that? Uh, the About Us yeah, page. About us. The About Us page, right. the team page. Um, yeah, those things are always there. And don't get me wrong, when, when I'm saying humanity, you know, I think some people might say, oh, okay, so we just have to do the old fashioned, like I'm going to be writing manual emails and I'm going to be picking up the phone and calling people manually, like dialing the numbers with my finger on it. Like there's an element of that. But what I'm, what I'm more thinking about in my head, what I'm saying these things is using the tools, whatever the tech is and the tools are, and perhaps it is automation, right? But make sure that the automation feels like it's yours, like it's you talking and and, um, you know, you, the, 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 you can't just outsource everything, but you can streamline a lot of things and you can put your own touch on a lot of things. And I think, again, going back to one of your initial questions, I think doing that, a lot of companies that we interact with, not just in the insurance industry are not like that. It's like you call a number and I had to do something with Alamo rental car mm-hmm. the other day call this number, right? 800, hit one, hit four, hit three. Okay. Now I hit nine. Now I'm talking to somebody that has no idea where I came from. I typed in the reservation <laughs> number. She didn't have it in her system. You're, the expectations are so low on this stuff that it's frustrating. So if you just do a little bit, even if it's just customizing messaging and, and looking at what other people are going to be thinking and putting yourself out there or your team out there, uh, there's, there's so much value that you can deliver in doing that. Um, because again, most folks aren't, it's like such an easy little, it's almost like a cheat code back when we were playing video games, you type in a certain A, B, A, B, up, down, up, down, whatever to to get through and cheat the game. It's like a cheat code. And I don't know why I feel like everybody should do it, but most people don't. Well, let's talk about technology in the independent agency system. I have a couple of questions. Um, so you, and let's take them one at a time. Uh, the first one is let's talk about the marketing tech stack, right? Like, cause you, you threw out chat, let's, let's, I want to get your perspective on what you think the tech stack should be in an independent insurance agency. And, and I'm sure there are things that are like must have and things that, you know, should be explored. And then my second question is going to be, uh, uh, about how to purchase technology in an independent agency. Let's take the first one first. Tech stack. What do you think? Like today, this is 2023. Um, you know, not not back when you know maybe agencies were saying, "Hey, are you going to get a website?" You know, <laughs> yeah. um, this is a different age. You know, today, what do you think? What do you think an agency should have? Well, I think everything is, I think any business is just one big tech stack, really. <laughs> so, um, well, I think, so it starts internally. I would start internally first, mm-hmm. um, because if you, if you don't have your stuff figured out internally, it's going to be a mess. And, um, so some sort of agency management system, it's probably a given, but I think it's really necessary. Um, I think something that can tap into that where you can send communications to people, whether you're doing it on your own or whether it's being automated, um, like using Agency Revolution, for example, their Fuse product, 
um, can do that. Something that allows you to communicate with people because mm-hmm. this is that humanity thing already kicking in, right? So even if you don't do anything else yet, at least you have your book of business in some sort of system. And then you have some manner to communicate with people at scale in mm-hmm. a human focused way. Something that says, uh, we're thinking about you, we're in touch with you, we're, we want to deliver value. We, we're, we, we, we say we're in relationship with you. Well, we're going to prove it. Okay. Right. And, and for bonus points, make it very relevant to them. And when I'm saying make it relevant, I'm not saying, okay, it's winter. So send them a 10 ways to winterize your home, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Right. Uh, what I'm really talking about is something that's, that's personal to them. So let's say that they were putting in a pool um, this summer or something like mm-hmm. that. There should be some way to set a reminder, and there are different tools, obviously, that can do this, but set a reminder so that you can be in touch with them at that moment when they're doing that thing. Uh, maybe a, more, a broader example would be the renewal process. So before the renewal happens, and we had a, a client, actually a number of clients that did this after, um, after we had a client come on and, and share what she was doing. 45 days before the renewal happens, send off an email to the, to the client saying, hey, by the way, 45 days from now, your policy is going to renew. Here's a link to schedule some time so we can talk through it. Or better yet, here's a link where you can go to our website and fill out a renewal questionnaire to make sure that we don't have any gaps in coverage, mm-hmm. right? That's something like that. Um, that's a really simple thing to do but it can produce incredible results. Um, she uh, wrote a bunch more umbrella policies as a result because it was necessary. Um, used it for cross-selling and upselling, but it was very specific to that person in their, in their life cycle with you as a client. Mm-hmm. So their renewal coming up and you can reference it very specifically. Um, so I think having those internal tools are, are really important. Uh, while we're talking about internal tools, one of the secret uh, secret weapons that we used internally uh, was a tool called Front, F-R-O-N-T. Um, that doesn't matter as much, but what it allowed us to do was um, have all of our clients send us an email, um, whatever they needed. They could just email us um, at a certain email address, um, and it would come in, and our entire team would be able to take that and divvy it up and assign it to people and work on it and comment internally on it. And it's so many superpowers built into that particular tool. So you're thinking, well, how do I use that at an agency? Well, if somebody needs something for, um, for you know, whatever it is, they need something, you have right. clients or mm-hmm. prospects, um, instead of making them email, you know, joe at abcagency.com mm-hmm. and Joe's not there anymore. Joe's on vacation. Joe's sick. Joe just had a baby. Joe, right. Like, you know, you need some way to scale and make a system and a process out of it. And um, so you get back to people. Nothing falls through the cracks that way. So those are some of the internal things, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you, you kind of alluded to it, uh, Michael, where, yeah, of course, I, you need a website. That's like home base these days. Right. This is like basic building blocks. Um, the website needs to reflect who you are, what you do, all that stuff. Um like I said before, having the five-star reviews is really important. It helps with, with where you show up when people are Googling for mm-hmm. you. Um, and um, those people hit the website, and then if it's done the right way, uh, they get a good warm, fuzzy feeling when they when they come there, and they reach out, and it goes into those some of those tools that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in general, there's a couple of basic building blocks um, that I would start thinking about. If, if I were to create an agency tomorrow, that's what I would be thinking about. And what would you put in the, um, 
experimental or exploring category? What, what, are, what, are, what are emerging technologies or let's say newer technologies that you think perhaps might be of value to an independent insurance agency? Yeah, I think chat is a given. I don't think that's a new concept. Um, we have more people chat with us at Forge 3 than we had phone calls coming in. Uh-huh. That's not uncommon these days. So okay. um, that's not really a new thing necessarily. Um, text messaging, I don't think that's necessarily a new thing either. I think for clients, your clients that want to use that, I think it's something that you should offer. A lot of phone systems these days support it. Right. Um, you could go and um, offer a mobile app. Um, sometimes the challenge with that is getting folks to download it, getting your clients to download it and put it on their phone. Um, but if you can prove the value, depending upon the, the, the mobile app and there are vendors and providers that do that, mm-hmm. um, that could be something that's, uh, worthwhile, um, I think exploring the, I would say the cutting edge, the really new kind of place to, to play, I think going forward is with say content creation, but content creation using artificial intelligence, AI. So um, some folks may have heard of ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. You can very easily say, um, what are the top 10 claim scenarios of 2022 or something? Right. Write me an article yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Or write, write me an email explaining why it's dangerous to XYZ or how to prevent XYZ from happening. And if you're not familiar with this stuff, Chat GPT, which is kind of a research project created by this company called OpenAI. Uh, so Elon Musk and Microsoft and a bunch of other folks invested in this thing. And it will literally create the content for you. Um, it'll, it'll make recipes up and say, here's a good recipe for chicken. It will write code for you. It'll tell you historical stats. It'll basically do almost whatever you ask it to do in a eerily human kind of a way. And so a lot of folks struggle with content creation. So that's a really simple example where you can say, you know, write a, write something in the style of this, write a blog post in the style of whatever, and give me the top 10 things that, you know, insurance claims that happened in my town or something. Have you seen some AI based uh, products in the independent agency sector that you think might be valuable? I don't think I have. Um, Have you? Well, uh, I think one of the interesting things um, is um, data analysis Um, Mm. and in instances where um, a, a product can merge like private data with public data and then also make sense out of it. Um, that I think is is a frontier for the agency. There's, there, I, I've been very impressed with uh, some companies who are helping agencies unlock the, the the gold mine that's hidden inside their existing data. Um, no. You know, and we know that quote unquote big companies do that all the time, right? Um, you for know, sure. a- Amazon, you know, for example, they, they know so much about Michael Jans, right. And, you know, they know, they know, you know, the categories of things, for example, that I read and make recommendations 
that are are above and beyond the kind of recommendations that I used to get, frankly, from, you know, like the, the nice person behind an independent bookstore counter, right? Because they not only know me intimately and every single thing that I bought from them and read from them for the last 20 years and what I'm reading now, but they also know the entire universe of things that would be available to me. That's beyond human capability. And so I get recommendations that I find to be remarkably satisfying. Well, you know, it, it sort of feels like a human who knows me really, really well. It's really an algorithm that knows me really, really well. Um, and yeah. so, you know, that's an instance where they're able to unlock, you know, useful data and turn it into value for the customer. Well, likewise, uh, yeah, I've seen companies that can assess um, the, the relative sentiment of, uh, you know, all of the customers in your database. I've seen companies that can search for opportunities that you're just simply not aware of from your existing database because this guy, John Smith, did you know he owns, you know, a vacation property in the Adirondacks, you know, and, and no, I didn't know that. Uh, so yeah, I've seen, I've seen some instances where I think they really are entering a frontier that can be very valuable. Without, without question. Yeah. yeah there, I think it's the most exciting area in tech going forward at this stage. Yeah. Um, I think the potential is incredible. Google is worried, <laughs> uh, as they probably should be, because uh -huh. instead of Googling, uh, yeah, I don't know, whatever you're looking for, you know, how, how do I change the battery on my iPhone or something like that? You could Google it and, and get a big, long list and try to go through and figure out which article to go into. Or in the future, just ask some sort of chat system like chat B GPT. Mm -hmm how do I do it? And it'll literally just tell you, it's like, you're talking to a, the smartest human on the planet that knows everything. Well, uh, it, really it, interesting capabilities it's, there. I think right it's, on. it's very early days. Um, they're hemorrhaging money. I, I heard the other day that it costs, um, open AI. And again, open AI is the company that created right. this chat GPT thing yeah. that people are hearing about. Uh, it costs them $3 million a day. Um, in their Amazon expenses. So it's all hosted with Amazon. Oh my goodness. $3 million a day. I'm not sure if that's an accurate number, but that's what I heard. Uh -huh. It's a lot of money. Um, so these are very complex, very computer, you know, uh, computationally heavy things. Um, but it's, it's the beginning and it's definitely going to be a factor going forward. And I think we'll see more and more examples of how it relates to all industries uh, including insurance and including independent agencies. It's just a matter of time. Um, yeah. Uh, let me bounce this off of you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a prediction. N not terribly well thought out, but it's, it seems to be a reasonably good knee jerk reaction. Um, uh, you know, obviously we saw, we've seen the internet transform the independent insurance agency and transform business in general. Right. And it did it kind of quickly. Um, you know, there, there was a lot of fussing and thrashing around, you know, there was a dot-com crash and, you know, we learned and the industry learned from a lot of mistakes. Um, but, you know, like you said, um, uh, you know, a website is no longer a decision that has to be made. Like it's not a yes, no decision. It's just a which decision, right? Um, 
my my sense is that artificial like the transformation and the disruption and the speed of change with artificial intelligence will be faster than the speed of change uh, that was presented by the introduction of the internet. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's almost by definition because if you look at what the term AI and sometimes machine learning or ML, I get, they those terms get thrown around a lot for things that aren't really AI or ML. Like it's mm-hmm. they're quasi intelligent systems, you know, with some algorithms, but they're not true AI. True AI is think about a human. Did you watch that movie um, Short Circuit back in the day? Which movie? Short Circuit. No. It was that robot. It was Johnny Five. No. And um, I'm sure some folks listening to this know what I'm talking about. But there was this robot, and he would basically, this robot would pick up these books and just go and read all the pages and throw it. And like three seconds later, be on to the next book and would just digest the entire library. And that's how Johnny Five, this made up robot, became so smart and knew everything. (laughs) That's kind of what AI is. It's not a robot and it's not physically doing that, but think about it. It's, we have these computers that are way more sophisticated than we are in so many ways and and more capable computationally than we are as humans. And you can just feed it all kinds of data, all the data that we know as a human race, you throw into this bucket of a machine and it knows it. It knows how to play chess. It knows uh, when the declaration was signed. It knows who the presidents are. It knows what the weather was. It It knows everything that we know as a human race. Mm-hmm. So I think you're absolutely right. If you think of it that way, it's just going to get smarter and smarter exponentially because it knows more and more about how things operate and the universe that it exists in. And it's going to use that hopefully for good huh. um, and um, be really, really powerful. Yeah. Um, all right. I've got a last question for you, Jeff. Um You've sold technology to independent insurance agents. You may have had a similar experience because um, <clears throat> I think our companies had, um, you know, you, you're yours actually maybe older than agency revolution, but uh, I would bet we had probably a some a similar challenge uh, in that you know in in building a technology company. Obviously, you need to build a sales system some way to get that product out to the marketplace. And that takes uh, uh, some tweaking and, you know, building a sales team and figuring out commissions and compensation and scripting and coaching and, you know, all the, all the tech you use. And there are, there are a lot of ways to skin the cat on that. Um, And and I think, you know, clearly we got to the point where, you know what, doggone it, we got a good sales system. But one of the things that we discovered was that um, while we had a pretty good sales system, a lot of the a lot of our prospective customers did not have a good buying system for technology. That in fact, you know, other than their agency management system and maybe their website, you know, buying technology was not something that they had mastery over. Maybe they're better at that now. Um, but it's still, you know, now there are like 20 times more offerings. And so, you know, they're, they're getting inbound calls from, from everybody who wants to show them a free demo. Um, yeah. 
What advice would you give to agency leaders who need to buy technology? How should they go about that? Well, I think that is your job now. Uh-huh. It, it is the job. It, right. Yeah. I don't think you can say, well, I'm too busy selling insurance or I, I just don't believe that anymore. You, you need, I mean, it's, if it's not you at the agency, somebody better be there understanding the world in which we exist at some level. Um, now, of course, it's going to be different based on geographic location and your audience and um, and whatnot. But in general, somebody, if it's not you, it better be somebody must understand that. And then I would do, I think what we did a decent job at at Forge 3, which was think about that experience that we were delivering. So we never really looked at the tools that we used as, wow, look how cool that tool is. We ought to use that one. Like It was never about that. We always looked at it as, well, we don't want our clients like getting it, for example, we don't want our clients getting a ticket number when they have a request. Okay. So then that informs the decisions that we made internally on which tool that we would use. And I mentioned we used front. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons we used front was because it didn't generate ticket inhumane ticket numbers. Right. Um, And I would do the same thing with any business. I would look at it from your prospect because these are real people mm-hmm. their prospects are people and they could be friends they could be there other humans out there what's the experience that you're delivering for them are you okay if they call in and have to hit three and then two and then one and then finally four to get to sally to get a certificate and if if you're not okay with that well then is it, is it a phone system problem is it a workflow pro- like what's the problem why don't you offer that then to them um, so I think it's being a student of what's going on. It's a student of the game of business. Um, but I also think it's then having a broad understanding of what's going on and what you want to deliver and then figuring out how to deliver that experience to people using some of incredible tools and technologies that can ultimately be your secret weapon mm-hmm. going forward. Got it. Okay. It's really about the experience. Uh, I'll, I'll put you on the spot with one last question here, Jeff. All right. Um, not, I'm not sure if you're sailing away from the insurance industry or you're going to be, you know, landing, I wish I knew what I was landing doing. back on the shore. <laughs> uh, yeah, you wish you knew what you were doing. But if, if you were going to deliver a brief, uh, like a, a non-commercial message uh, to the leaders of the independent agency system, something that that maybe got under their skin a little, what would you say? Got under their skin in a good way or a bad way. Well, well, what do they need to hear now? I mean, this is. uh, I think there's. I think there's there's still a perception that the insurance industry is boring, and I think that's partially earned, honestly. Um, And I think it's because of some of the stuff we talked about. It's because a lot of agencies don't do it. They do it the opposite way. And they are sitting on the book of business and maybe it's success complacency. Maybe it's laziness. Maybe it's not having enough awareness about what's important and what's not important. I don't know. I don't know what the issues are, but if there are 36,000 independent insurance agencies in the country, um, I would hope as a big champion and fan of the industry and the channel, I hope that, and one of the reasons why we did what we did with Forge 3 is we wanted to empower that industry going forward to be relevant um, for people to say, you know what? Insurance can be kind of sexy. There's a really important place for insurance. 
Um, it's a great business model. Uh, you think about it just from a purely uh, operational standpoint, re recurring revenue, book of business. Uh, you can do a really great job building it up. Folks need it. They <laughs> folks need it. It's really not going anywhere. The market mm -hmm. might get hard and soft and whatever, mm -hmm. but it's still kind of something people always need. Uh, it's a really great business. And I feel like the industry still gets a wrap today, just like it did five years ago and 10 years ago, being stale and boring and who cares about it. And I think, like I said, I think that's partially earned because I don't think we're doing enough of what we were just talking about. The humanity part. Humanity part, I think expectations, I think having an understanding of what we're doing in the world today and how we compare against other things out there, not just insurance agencies, but just everything else on the, in the mm -hmm. landscape that we operate in. Got it. Um, I get the sense sometimes that we just look at, we put blinders on and we're like, all right, well, that's how we do it here. And that's how we did it. And look at the plaques on the wall and look at how great we did here. It's like, you know, those things don't matter really. They mattered, mattered. but they don't matter right. going forward. Yeah, backwards. you got to, yeah, you, you got to, you got to constantly embrace and adapt and have a hunger. It's, it's part of the sport. And if you're in business, you, I think you have to look at it like a sport and, um, and constantly train and improve and have a hunger for understanding what's possible today. It's a lot, there's a lot more that's possible today than there was in the past. And that's going to continue. Right on. Okay. Uh, Jeff, normally I wind up by um, asking my guests how they can find out more about, for example, if they have a product or a service, their product or service. Um, I'm not sure what you want to say about that. If somebody wants <laughs> to learn about, more about Forge 3, uh, do, they, do they go to Forge 3 or Agency uh, Revolution? It's still there. Okay. Yeah, I think Forge3.com is going to go away. But if you want to get a sense uh, of reputation and some of the really cool things people have said about us and the product Sweet. and all of that, that's a good place to go still. Um, AgencyRevolution.com is going to be the place to go in the future. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, so that you can go there now, but you're not going to see too much of what Forge 3 built on there quite yet. Right on. Um, honestly, I think the best place to go is uh, LinkedIn. If you can spell my name. Oh, there you go. That's going to okay. be your challenge. Uh, go to LinkedIn and type in Jeff Teshke. Connect with me there. And, okay. Um, you know, it's well, a good place. You'd be somebody worth following. Um, I appreciate it. Jeff? Uh, well, first of all, congratulations on the success of the company. Congratulations on the sale. Frankly, I think uh, the Forge 3 found a very, very good home. Um, Thank you. And uh, in your next, uh, the next chapter of your life, we wish you the very I best. It. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. It was a pleasure. Good to see you. Right on. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox.